I ran into Blake at the Fortune 100 company that we work at. Blake and I have known each other for over 30 years. And Blake mentioned that our friend Rob was in town with two of his kids doing a college tour. He said they were going to go out to dinner that night, and he asked if I wanted to join. Three guys in their early 50s reminiscing while two high school teenagers were, sat bored out of their minds all over some delicious Indian food that we all had agreed on that night. At some point, one of Rob's kids asked Blake and I if we had any good stories about their dad, and in that moment, my mind went blank. Blake, Rob, and I had all gone to high school together. We were good friends who had spent many weekends together, either in Blake's basement, Rob's house, or driving around the suburbs of Cleveland looking for the next party. Of course we had stories. But I think we both were having an internal dialogue about what would be appropriate to share and what might be better left as just a 30-year-old memory. I think Blake mentioned how Rob decided while we were in high school that he wanted to run for president in 2020 and how he had made bumper stickers with his name and 2020 on them and passed them out to anybody and everybody that would take one. I thought about telling his kids about their grandparents who owned a heating and cooling company and how they would leave directly from work on Friday afternoon to spend the weekend at their condo at the lake and how we eventually realized that we had an entire house to ourselves for 48 hours. The parties at Rob's house were legendary, but they involved drinking, teenage lust, backyard brawls, broken tables, and more. Maybe not the best story to share. Ultimately, I couldn't think of a story until, of course, I started driving home. My dad was a pilot. I was born in Dallas when my dad was a co-pilot, and we moved to Connecticut when he became a captain. We moved into an old money town, though we were far from being old money, and frankly, we weren't new money either. Basically, my dad wanted to show his dad that he could do well for himself without going into the family business as my aunt had. To put it into context, we lived next door to a sprawling estate owned by the widow of Arthur Watson, a United States ambassador to France and a former president of IBM, the company that his father had founded. Watson passed away the year before we moved to Connecticut, and in 1978, his widow married a former U.S. senator from Missouri. The wedding attracted the elite to the town that we lived in, and my classmates told stories of seeing Bob Hope at the local country club. We moved to Ohio after my parents divorced, just before my eighth grade year, and that's when I met Rob. The story that I should have shared with Rob's kids was about the time when two bored teenagers driving around Cleveland in Rob's hand-me-down Cadillac decided it would be a great idea to get out of town for the weekend and to drive to Connecticut without telling anyone. The plan was devised when we couldn't find any parties to go to and none of our friends were available to hang out. When Rob said, we should do something crazy, we should do something that will give us a story to tell our friends, I suggested that we go visit my friends from elementary school, which was only an eight-hour drive away. I think we got about 45 minutes into our badly timed decision when level heads prevailed. We couldn't just start driving at 10 p.m. and not tell anyone. Our parents would call the cops if we didn't return home that night. We needed a plan and we needed some time to think it through. With Rob's parents going into the lake condo every weekend and leaving Rob and his sister home alone, he was covered. His parents did check in with the kids, but that was before cell phones or the internet, so it wasn't like they were calling or sending emails. If Rob didn't answer the phone, his parents might worry. That is, unless he had a good excuse. So, putting our heads together, we decided to tell my mom that Rob's parents had invited us up to the lake for the weekend, thus explaining my absence, my mom and Rob's parents didn't know each other, so there was no concern that my mom might just give his parents a call to check up on us. 
and we told Rob's parents that we were going to go to visit my cousins in farm country and go canoeing so we wouldn't be at Rob's house if they happened to call. I called my best friend from elementary school in Connecticut and clued him into our plan. We needed a place to crash, and we were going to use the story that Rob's older sister, which he didn't have, was graduating from a college in Boston. Rob's parents had let us drive out all by ourselves. We just needed a place to crash for a night or two as we made our way out east. On Friday afternoon, after Rob's parents had taken off for the condo, he stopped by my house and picked me up. Armed with a Rand McNally map, we set out on our adventure. I don't really remember much from the drive other than the two of us marveling at the fact that we were somehow getting away with this and that our parents would never know. We were somewhere in New Jersey in the middle of the night when we reached dangerously low levels of gas. I'm not sure how easy it is to fill up the tank at 3 a.m. in New Jersey these days, but back then we couldn't find any place, so we pulled into a parking lot and slept in the car until a gas station opened a few hours later. We must have arrived at my friend Jason's house mid-morning after driving through New York City. Kids our age didn't spend time hanging out with parents, so when we arrived, we said a quick hi to Jason's mom and then retreated to his basement. It had probably been three or four years since I had moved from Connecticut, but those were very important years. I had moved when I was fresh out of elementary school and returned as a teenager. Jason was able to sniff out some small social gatherings taking place that night, so we set out. Another thing I don't remember is how we ended up getting beer. But I think it was Michelob, and I'm pretty sure they had just made these little mini bottles of beer. We somehow acquired two cases of it, and we put it into Rob's trunk. The idea being that we take one to the parties that we were going to go to, and as a souvenir, we take the other case back to Ohio and drink it with our friends. I vaguely remember running into a few people I had gone to elementary school with, and it was awkward, as the kids were now teenagers and were in social circles that I knew nothing about. I'm not sure how the night ended, but I know that we ended up back at Jason's house and went to sleep. The next morning, Jason's mom said, Chip, I'll just give your mom a quick call and let her know you guys made it safely. Scrambling, I was thinking, uh, uh, and you know what? Um, I'll give her a call. You don't need to. Uh, Jason's mom handed me the phone. And looking back, she was probably onto us and our flimsy story about why we were there. Uh, hey, mom, I said when she answered. Um, how's the weather? My mom said, well, it's the same as where you are. You're only an hour west of here. I had to come clean. Jason's mom was watching. Well, actually, we're eight hours east of you. Needless to say, my mom wasn't happy, but there wasn't anything she could really do at that point. Later that day, I decided we needed to leave Connecticut and go to Long Island, where we had moved for the length of my seventh grade school year. We took a ferry across Long Island Sound, and while I had relationships still in Connecticut, I had only been in Long Island for about eight months. So I didn't have a lot of close friends or actually many friends at all. We did drive by the house that we lived in when I was in seventh grade, and we did stop at my old neighbor's house, and we got to hang out with her for a little while until probably around dinner time, we decided we better head back to Ohio. Somewhere in New Jersey or New York, I decided to take my contacts out and switch to glasses. As I bent over and started pulling in my eyelid to get the contact to pop out, We were lit up by the red and blue lights of a police car. So think about this. Here we are, 16 or 17 years old. Our parents had no idea where we were. We have a case of beer in the trunk. The officer approached Rob's window. Get out of the car, hands up. Oh my God, we're going to go to jail. Our parents are going to have to travel to New York to bail us out. Sweat, panic, heart racing, stomach filled with butterflies. One of the cops started patting me down. What were you doing in the car, he asked. 
I told him I was trying to take my contacts out, but the contact had floated up into my eye and I was having a really hard time finding it. You know, I'm not sure I believe you. You were you you weren't bending over and doing coke, were you? That's it. We're going to jail. He thinks I was doing coke. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, shine your flashlight into my eye. My contact's actually still stuck up there. Maybe you can see it. I, I can't get it out. You'll see. You'll see. I, I don't do drugs. I, I swear I wasn't doing coke. The cop shined his flashlight into my eye, saw the contact and said, okay, your story checks out. They made us pop the trunk. They questioned why two kids from Ohio were driving through New York by themselves in the middle of the evening. Uh, we, we just wanted to see some friends that I grew up with, we said. As the cops searched the car and the trunk, presumably for drugs, I could smell the beer they were pouring out on the side of the road. I figured it was better to keep our mouth shut than to admit that we had it in the trunk and wait for them to say something. We had dodged the drug charges, but they were going to arrest us for having beer for sure. After what seemed like an hour, but was probably less than 10 minutes, the cops said we could go. I'm guessing we drove for probably an hour at the speed limit in the right-hand lane before pulling over and decompressing. When we popped the trunk, we discovered the case of beer fully intact. They hadn't poured it out. It was just psychological. It was just my brain playing tricks on me, thinking that I could smell the beer. They surely must have seen it when they were searching in the trunk, but they never mentioned it to us. They never asked why we had it, and they never took it away. We drove through the night to get back to Ohio, somewhere near the Pennsylvania-Ohio border. While I was taking my shift behind the wheel, I was struggling to keep my eyes open. With a blink that lasted just a little too long, I found myself rapidly approaching a slower-moving car in the lane right in front of me, and I quickly swerved to the right to avoid hitting the back of that car. Rob had been sleeping in the back seat, and he was tossed around and started yelling, What's going on? What's going on? The car that I had nearly hit had now fallen in behind us, and I could see the driver raging, shaking his fist, flashing his lights, honking his horn. In a panic, I pulled off at the next exit, and he followed. Rob, I'm going to find a neighborhood and pull into a driveway to make him think that we're just getting home. Maybe when he sees that, to avoid a confrontation with whoever's in the house, he'll drive right by. Fortunately, when I pulled into a driveway, the other car did drive by. It went by slowly. The driver flipped us the bird, but he kept driving. The rest of the trip went without incident. When I got home, I was met by my mom, who grounded me as soon as I walked in the door. Rob had beat his parents back home. They were still at the lake, and they were none the wiser. I don't think my grounding lasted too long, maybe just one or two nights, because we were on summer break, and just a night or two later, we were able to meet up with our group of friends and tell them all about our trip to Connecticut. While it wasn't a terribly exciting trip, our friends were nonetheless impressed and hanging on every word. And, of course, we were heroes because we had secured a case of beer that we shared with them as we told the story. A few years later, when Rob was cleaning out his wallet, he found a warning that we had gotten from the police. Now, at this point, Rob was in college. He was at home for the weekend or maybe on summer break, and he accidentally left that warning out on the table. His parents discovered it, and I'm sure they had some interesting conversations that night. But at that point, we were well, we were many years beyond the trip and there was really nothing they could do about it. So I guess if Rob's kids happen to listen to this, that's the story that I should have shared with you in November. Although I'm not really sure Rob would have wanted to give his kids who were the same age that we were when we drove to Connecticut any ideas.